The following program is made possible by the friends and partners of Creation Today and by viewers like you. Thank you. How many times have you heard that science and religion don't mix? We read in Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth in only six days. But we're told science has proven the earth was formed 4.5 billion years ago. In Genesis 6, we read that a global flood impacted our planet and shaped the Earth's rock layers. But we're told science has proven that the rock layers of the Earth were put down slowly over millions of years. Are science and Christianity truly incompatible? Today's guest, Brian and Virginia Norman, a husband and wife team, one a theologian and the other a scientist, will help us answer this question. There's a war going on in our world against Christianity. Are you ready to defend your faith in Christ? The Creation Today Show provides you with the ammunition you need. We prepare you to defend your faith, arm your children, and raise up a family who knows the Creator, Jesus Christ. This season we're teaching you battleship apologetics. Science, history, individual experience, philosophy, Battleship Apologetics. Thank you for joining us. The Creation Today studio is here in Pensacola, Florida, but I know many of you are watching the show from outside our area. Hey, I got an idea. Drive our customer service crazy and send us an email and tell us where you're at and how you heard about the show. Yes, definitely. Creation Today airs in over 220 countries, and we love to hear from you. Now, today we're talking about the compatibility of science and religion. You know, so often Christianity is ridiculed as being anti-science. If you be believe in something by faith and not by evidence, well then, you're in a fantasy world of imagination. Science deals with the empirical and the testable. Here's a clip from someone you're very familiar with. Listen to what he says about science and Christianity. What keeps the United States ahead, what makes the United States a world leader, is our technology, our new ideas, our innovations. If we continue to eschew science, eschew the process, and try to divide uh, science into observational science and historic science, we are not going to move forward. We will not embrace natural laws. We will not make discoveries. We will not uh, invent and innovate and stay ahead. Bill is charging Christianity as a threat to the future of science and innovation. That's ultimately a, thre a threat to the future of humanity. Absolutely. See, if the modern scientific community says the Earth's rock layers are millions of years old, but the Bible says they're only a few thousand years old, well, how can an honest Christian scientist maintain a trust in the reliability of Scripture and at the same time agree with the scientific community about their scientific claims? Mm -hmm. Now, it's true that Christianity and evolution have a problem, though. Either God created man in his own image or man is an evolved animal descendant of primates. These two claims are not compatible. You know, I think we really need to distinguish here between the terms uh, evolution and science. See, the scientific method is the process of finding truths about the physical universe. 
It's the research in which a certain problem is identified, data is then gathered, and then we formulate a, hypo a hypothesis, and the hypothesis is tested over and over to find a solution. It deals with observation, repeatable tests, and experiments. That's real science. Mm -hmm. So, is science, as in the scientific method, compatible with Christianity? Mm. We need only to reflect on many Christian men and women throughout history who contributed to the advancement of science in order to understand God more. Their understanding of nature was fed by their love for God and the pursuit of truths revealed in nature. I can think of so many that are out there. Louis Pasteur, he's most notably remembered for developing the process of pasteurizing milk through uh, pasteurization. That's why it's called pasteurization. He said, the more I study nature, the more I stand amazed at the work of the Creator. He also said, science brings man to God. Sounds like he mixed science and religion. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. George Washington Carver. Now, I love this man. He is remembered as a brilliant botanist, scientist, educator, and inventor, developing hundreds of uses for the peanut, the sweet potato, soybean, pecan. His contributions to the science of agriculture have been exponentially beneficial to all of humanity. He said, God is going to reveal to us things he has never revealed before if we put our hands in his. No books ever go into my laboratory. The thing I am to do and the ways of doing it are revealed to me. He also said, I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting system through which God speaks to us every hour if we will only tune in. Amazing guy. Amazing. Okay, here's another modern day one. Okay. Dr. Raymond Damadian. He's the inventor of the MRI machine. Here's what he said. I'm a young earth creation scientist and believe that God created the world in six 24-hour days just as recorded in the book of Genesis. The idea that scientists who are Christians and believe the earth is only 6,000 years old can't do real science, it's just simply wrong, Marianne. Mm -hmm. How many lives have been saved or livelihoods enhanced by the scientific contributions these Christian scientists have made? Are Christianity and science compatible? Yes. Absolutely. They certainly are. So the real question we need to ask is, is the theory of evolution and science compatible? Mm -hmm. We're gonna consider that question up next with our guests, Brian and Virginia Norman, in my in-studio interview. Get this, Brian is a theologian. Virginia is a geologist who did, her who did her thesis on radiometric dating. They're married. I wonder how that's working out. <laughs> we'll be right back to hear from them about this so-called conflict between science and religion. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash creation today. We're told it was eons of time that shaped the Earth's most dramatic rock features. Yet before this theory was popularized, a completely different explanation had dominated scientific thought, one of violent and catastrophic processes. Has science made it impossible for us to believe the Bible? No, there's good reason to doubt the millions of years theory that dominates geology. 
Today we're going to explore some evidence from a catastrophic flood that ripped through our own backyard at the end of the Ice Age. It's called the Lake Missoula Flood. The Creation Explorers will journey into this flood's path. They will explore the features carved by the Missoula Flood and see how these same features can be seen across the Earth. This evidence for catastrophic flood erosion shows us just how possible the Bible's global flood catastrophe can be. Let's take a minute, a Creation Minute, here on Creation Today. Welcome to Creation Minute, I'm Eric Hoven. Today let me give you the evolutionary formula to make a universe. Start with some nothing, add to that some more nothing, then let's add some time. Let's add some more time. We've got it! It's a perfectly balanced universe. Look at that sun, moon, stars, planets. Everything's orbiting in perfect balance and order. You know, evolutionists theorize that this formula can enable everything to make itself, even people, with the exception of complicated man-made things like a microscope or a toothpick. But everything else about us in nature is the result of random chance and time. You don't even need raw materials. Those will make themselves. To learn more about creation, visit us at creationminute.com. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Welcome back to the Creation Today show. I have the privilege of being in studio with Brian and Virginia Norman from EarlyEarthEducators.com. Thank you guys for the work that you do. They produced a book series called Early Earth and Volume 2 has just been released. I am really excited about this. Thank you. Okay, the show today is on religion and science. Are they compatible? Specifically, the Bible and science, are they compatible? Right. Guys, Brian is a theologian. Yes, sir. Virginia is a geologist, a scientist. Virginia, tell me, how's this working out for you guys? It's working great. It's working good. There's no conflict. No, no conflict. conflict between science and religion whatsoever. No, there's not. Wow. Okay. All right. Tell us a little bit about uh, the book series that you've done and why you chose to do this book series. <clears throat> well, I used to be an agnostic, and really I was leaning toward atheism, when, uh, and that was when I was 14, 15 years old. And my question to people who believe the Bible was, well, can you prove it to me? You know, how do you answer for, you know, dinosaurs having died off millions of years ago, for example? The Bible says that we've only been around for 6,000 years. How do you account for that? What about evolution? How do you fit that into the Bible? What about the age of the earth? All these things that science has proven, how do you address that? And people weren't giving me very good answers. And so I was actually on my way out the church door heading toward atheism. And God, of course, got a hold of me at age 15 and he saved me. But still, years went by, about six years actually went by. Even being uh, in Christian schools and in church that whole time, I still didn't always get very good answers as to how the Bible and science actually agree. And I notice now today as, as, as a father of nine children and as a, as a teacher of many more, I'm a high school teacher, I see that kids still struggle with the same thing. Not our kids, they understand, but, but most of my students, I find over the years, have struggled with this very same issue. They really believe that the Bible and science contradict each other. And I'm here to tell you they don't. In fact, when, a lot of people believe that if you take a, a young earth creationist position that you're, you're uneducated right, and you're right. gonna get made fun of right. and it's, it's not the logical, you know, smart 
position to take. Well, okay, theology, the Bible says the Earth is only about 6,000 years old. Your department in science says the Earth is 4.6 billion years right. old. Yep. And you're still <laughs> saying there's no conflict. Explain that one. I'm saying that geology cannot prove the Earth is 4.6 billion years old. I'm saying that geology can go out and look at rock layers and gather data and do experiments. But science in general, and geology in particular, cannot go back to the beginning of history and definitively prove <laughs> that that's the age of the Earth. And there actually is geologic evidence that the Earth is not that old. We have to look at everything more objectively. Right. Wow. Okay, so you're saying your field, geology, they're just simply wrong in some of the things that they're saying. They get a lot of great science, but there's a limit to how far that science can go. And then you take the authority of Scripture on your side and you go, well, wait a minute, we've got the author, the one who told us how all this works. So do we find a conflict between faith and science, which seems like they teach that science is rational and right. you guys just, you have faith, she has reason. How does no, that? No, and, and, and everybody has faith. Everybody is religious. And that's one of the things <clears throat> I teach in my class. I teach a college class on comparative religions. And what a lot of people don't understand and what I try to address the very first class is that everybody is religious. What about the atheists? They're very religious because they believe that there is no God. Well, that's, that's not a scientific You can't use science uh, to prove that. Analysis. <laughs> that's true. That's that true. is a faith statement. If you believe there is no God, that there is no heaven, no hell, no angels, none of that, okay, that's what you believe. Now prove it scientifically. They can't. It's completely outside of the realm of science. Everybody has a belief system. Everybody has a faith, whether it's in one God, a million gods, no God. That's a belief system, and everybody has that. And then there's also science, which is an investigation of God's creation. When we do science, we're exploring the physical universe here in the present. We can't go back billions of years and study it. All we can do is study what we have right here in the physical with at least one of our senses. That's science. So there's no conflict. And Those are just different changing. things. Yeah. And it's always changing. And those are just different things is all. So a Christian can do science and look at all the facts, look at all the evidence, and as best as they can conclude, well, this is how maybe it was done. And an atheist does the same thing. The difference is we start from different faith positions. The atheist starts from the faith position there is no God. The Christian from the faith position there is. And then we both look at the evidence. So there's no conflict between the two. It's just that science cannot address the question of, is there a God, is there not a God? Which religion is true? That's not a scientific question, that's a faith question. All right, Virginia, science and the Bible, you say are compatible, the marriage is working out great here. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, what is science in conflict with then? Science, good science, is in conflict with the theory of evolution. Good science is in conflict with millions of years, or at least some interpretations of it. <laughs> Definitely evolution. Wow. Definitely. So Bible and science, are the Bible and science compatible? Absolutely. Absolutely. You guys not only have the mental knowledge, but physically, you're proof right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm so thrilled that you guys wrote the books uh, earlier. I know this is a labor of love for you to reach the next generation. Yes. Uh, can you guys stick around? I want to do an extended mm -hmm. interview, make that available on the website to kind of let people really get into some of the nitty gritty of your uh, your field, what you guys have done, the work that you've done, do a little more on the book. Can you guys hang out for Please, that? that'd be great. Hey, check out this interview at creationtoday.org. You can watch the extended interview with Brian and Virginia. Hello, I'm B.A. Norman. You know, when I was 15 years old, I was an atheist. 
And that's because I was taught and I believed that somehow science had disproven the Bible. That uh, the, the earth really wasn't 6,000 years old. That God didn't really create in six days. That evolution really did happen. I thought that science had proven those things. And later, of course, I realized those things aren't true at all. Science has not proven those things at all. To the contrary, the scientific evidence we have today does suggest a very young Earth. It suggests that dinosaurs did live with people and so forth. And so what I've done now as a father and as a high school teacher is I've written, started to write, a series of books called the Early Earth Series. And in these books I tell a fun story about four young people who go back in time to life on Earth before the flood and there they encounter dinosaurs living with people. They find giants, they come into contact with a dragon, and all the fun elements of fantasy fiction are in these books. But instead of the kind of books we have today where sorcery is encouraged and where kids summoning demons happens, these books are written from a biblical foundation where they're suitable for the entire family and anybody, kid or adult, can enjoy these books. They can get into a fun story, they can learn about life on earth before the flood, from the eyes of a modern-day person who goes back in time and gets just as surprised by these things as we the readers do. So if you know of somebody, or if you are somebody who would like a book like that, I suggest you pick up a book from the Early Earth series. To order this book, visit us at creationstore.org. It's time for Science and Scripture with Eric and Ben, here on Creation Today. It's the Creation Today science experiment, and Eric, it's time to blow something up. <laughs> That's right. You say that every time. Actually, yeah. this time, we really are going to blow something up. But no up. explosion this time. No explosion. What we need is a bicycle pump. We need a little bit of rubbing alcohol. Eric, this don't one. you have enough hot air for it? I do have a lot of hot air, <laughs> no doubt about it. You can do this in at home, by the way. We need a uh, about a one-liter bottle. Works good. Here's what I've got. I've got a one-liter bottle right here. I'm going to take the top off. Put a little bit of rubbing alcohol inside. I've got some in there because I tried this earlier just to make sure it works. All right, swirl that around for Good. me. We want them to, to get all the vapors in. Here's what we're going to show. We're going to show that under high pressure, uh, things um, get warm, and under low pressure, things uh, actually evaporate and actually can form what are a cloud. This is the old so cloud. So we're going to make a bottle. cloud. This is the old cloud in the bottle experiment. Right here in the studio. While you're doing that, I'm going to put my little valve right here. I went to okay. my, the tire shop right up the street, and I grabbed this valve. I said, hey, you got something that'll work for me. This valve will actually fit right there so I can seal it on there okay. and pump up that bottle. We're going to pump up this so bottle. So by increasing the pressure, that's going to make a cloud. No, by increasing the pressure, it's going to prepare us to make a cloud. Okay. Releasing the pressure is what's actually going to make the cloud. Okay. Kind of like if you've ever seen a time-lapse video, you can watch uh, as air moves to a mountain. As it goes up the mountain, it forms the clouds. Once it goes across the mountain, the air goes back down. And as it goes down to the high pressure area, the clouds disappear. So in the low pressure, you see the clouds, so we're gonna raise, high pressure. Raise the pressure and then the pressure. lower it very quickly. And then lower it quickly. Okay, I'm ready to raise the pressure. When we lower it, when we lower it, you should see a cloud. I right, give me about uh, 30 pounds of pressure okay. there, Ben. Get up to about 30 pounds. Oh, I got to turn this around so I can see you can't it. Can't read backwards. <laughs> I am backwards. All I right. just can't. Okay. We're about 30. Wait, hang on. There <laughs> we go. Now we're talking. Okay, yeah. Oh, we're at... Has like, that foot ever been in your mouth? <laughs> yeah, once or twice. Okay, ready? Now, we're under high pressure, so it's, the bottle's actually really warm right now because it's under high pressure. I'm going to lower the pressure, and instantly you should see a cloud. You ready? Oh, wow. Is that cool or wow. what? It's actually that, I mean, cold. It's actually... You can it, actually feel the temperature difference Can between, you, like, pour the cloud out? Ooh, 
Not quite. Not really. Now, here's what's cool. <laughs> if we awesome. increase the pressure again, we can actually make the cloud disappear. So let's okay. make the air travel back down the mountain. And goodbye cloud. Wow. Isn't that cool? Try 40 pounds of pressure. Okay. I, I was actually kind of close to 40 oh, last you? time. Well, let's just don't blow the bottle up. <laughs> Ready? Ready? Good. Ready? Yeah, we're good. Oh, wow. Is that cool or what? Cloud in a bottle. Okay, Eric, what if we did it <laughs> with this bottle? Now we're talking. <laughs> can we blow that one that up? That one is going to take me just a little while to pump up. I can tell you that right now. Hey, you are really good. At every science experiment, you have a spiritual analogy for us. I love how you tie that in. So I love doing why don't it. you give us a spiritual analogy, and I'll get this thing ready. Do you know what my spiritual analogy for this one is, Eric? I can't wait to hear it. No spiritual analogy. <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> Wasn't that exciting? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 talks about how God called Adam and Eve to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl, over the, fowl of the air, yep. over all all the earth. God has called all of us to basically be his many rulers here on earth. Do you know what? Just by doing science, just by discovering the world that God has created, we are living out what God has called us to wow. do. We don't always have to come up with, oh, I need to, if I'm going to do a science experiment, I've got to make it spiritual. Well, just by doing a science experiment, we're doing, what God, doing asked us to do. what God has asked us to do. And I think it's great to think through those metaphors, and I think it's also good to realize that metaphors are just that. They're, They're just metaphors. pictures of truth. And that was the second thing I wanted us to be reminded of. The Bible is our source of truth. So just because I can create a metaphor, if it doesn't clear the truth of scripture, then, then that doesn't make it true. So we start with the Bible and we say, oh, wow, look at that. That, that reminds me of something in scripture. So Bible is our source. And then, you know, we so here's what I think is cool. You're telling me every scientist out there, even if they say they don't believe in God, are actually fulfilling what God has told us to do. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're living... God you're... wins either way. <laughs> I love it. Unfortunately, they don't give glory to the God that they're even... even. They don't give glory to the God with their mouth, but they do with their actions. Well, okay, then, you got it? I've only got this up to about five pounds of pressure because this bottle is actually not made to handle that kind of pressure. It's okay. not designed oh, it the like same leaks way. Out. Well, and the bottom, I can feel the bottom getting around and it's, you know, it's made for water. So it's not... Okay. Let's see what five pounds of pressure does. Ready? <laughs> Oh, wow. Hey, not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty We got a cloudy. cloud in a bottle. Is that about what my brain looks like? <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Hey, guys at home, keep doing science and keep doing it for the glory of God. Every time you do science, you're actually exploring the world, the knowledge that God gave us. And knowledge begins with God himself. He even says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs, the wisest man that ever lived. So, so go and make your own cloud. Yeah, have fun. We'll see you next time. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations, all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads. Available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org.
Can Christians believe the Bible from the very first word? This new study, The Six Days of Genesis, by creation speaker Paul Taylor, will help Christians understand exactly what happened during the creation week and why it is foundationally important to believe it. You will enjoy every minute of Paul's unique presentation style, combining scientific facts, solid biblical teaching, and a little British humor. For more information, visit us at www.creationtoday.org. You're watching Battleship Apologetics here on Creation Today. Are evolution and science compatible? Well, in testable, observable science, we have never observed life emerge from non-life, nope. information from no information, nope. organization from randomness, nope. matter from non-matter, energy from no energy, which evolution requires. See, evolution is a belief in an atheistic explanation for the universe. It's really just a story that doesn't even fit the evidence. It tries to explain it, but can't even fit the evidence. It turns out evolution is a religion mm -hmm. all by itself that is not compatible with true experimental science. If the critics claim Christianity stops innovation, then we can ask, what innovation has the theory of evolution contributed to science and humanity? Wow, you know, I, I heard Ian Taylor from Creation Moments one time, he put it like this. So what has evolution given to mankind? Well, it's given us thousands of scientists who make their living writing about evolution and teaching it. Yes, it's created quite an industry for itself, but it has advanced science, not one inch. Wow. <laughs> The fact of the matter is we can't even do real experimentation, real science without the God of Christianity. Mm -hmm. See, it's the God of Christianity that is universal, immaterial, and unchanging. The laws that we use to do experimentation in science itself are universal, immaterial, and unchanging. Wow. Sounds like they fit together mm -hmm. perfectly. If we didn't have the God of the Bible that holds all things together, how can we expect the universe to be predictable and consistent? That's a good question. Yeah. So what is the verdict? Well, Christianity and evolution doesn't fit. Diametrically opposed, Christianity and the theory of evolution are both religious belief systems. They're looking at the same evidence, but their philosophies are literally diametrically opposed to each other. Now, while Christianity honors our Creator, Evolution tries to bypass the Creator and attempts to explain the origin of the material world within the material world. It's an impossibility. Yes. Science and evolution, they don't fit. No One is a fact and the other is fiction. <laughs> nice. The only way to make them fit is a whole lot of blind faith. What about Christianity and science? No problem at all. Perfectly compatible. Christianity actually gives us a foundation on which to do scientific experimentation in the first place. Well, our time is up. Thanks for joining us for Battleship Apologetics. We talked about scientific contributions by Christians. We've also talked about the philosophical nature of evolution, and we've seen how a theologian and a scientist <laughs> can live in harmony even when they're married. This is incredibly encouraging. If you have more questions on this topic, search them out at creationtoday.org. And like we said at the beginning, 
send us a hello from wherever you are through comments at creationtoday.org. Get the ammunition you need to defend your faith by visiting our website for up-to-date content, attending one of our live events, and shopping online at creationstore.org. We are Creation Today.